right, hey guys, and welcome to the Three Drinks In podcast, episode number 270. I'm your host, Vince. Over there is your host, Phil. Hey. There he is. In this episode, we are talking about the film No Hard Feelings, starring Jennifer Lawrence. But before we get into all that, we want to ask you to please subscribe to the podcast on any of the streaming services, including Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Make sure that you leave us a five-star rating and maybe even a review. You can follow us on Twitter or X, sorry, uh, or an Instagram at Three Drinks In Pod. You can like us on Facebook and you can email us at Three Drinks In Podcast at gmail.com. Last of all, don't forget to check out our merchandise over at tpublic.com. Mm-hmm. All right, I almost said her name wrong. Uh, I almost said uh, Lopez. <laughs> well, I was reading that, that, that little script I have that I don't know why. I don't know why I. I have a script. I know the whole thing pretty cold, but just sort of like a security blanket to be like, let me just make sure I'm reading this correctly. I don't forget what I have to say. You know, 270 episodes later. And, um, you want to make sure you do it right. Yeah. And, um, but I, I forgot to do all the changing bit where I put the, I changed the number. I changed the name of the movie. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. So it's no hard feelings. As I'm talking, I'm thinking, and the name of the movie actress is. Jennifer Lawrence. There it is. I said it right. <laughs> Good job, brain. You did it. <laughs> Winning. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, this movie came out in the summertime or the springtime, something like that. Sure. And um, it was one of those where everyone was like, you know, this is the kind of movie people don't go to the theaters for anymore. It's a some sort of rom-com, low stakes, no explosions kind of thing. And they were right that no one went to see it. <laughs> Although I, you know, it was getting okay reviews and Jennifer Lawrence is a very good actress. So I was like, you know, if you do something different, why not go see it? But um, most people didn't and it fell onto streaming services eventually. And that's where most people see this stuff now. Yeah, so like the budget on Wikipedia listed at $45 million, the box office was 87 From things I've read, not being an industry, an industry expert, the budget for the film is usually doubled to cover the cost of the marketing campaign. So we can reasonably say it didn't make a lot of money. But yeah, they don't make movies like this anymore, and... I don't know if like these kind of films aren't successful because they like tastes have changed and as a society we're very sensitive. You know, woke culture is a thing for good or for ill, you know, or is it that they're just not making very good movies like this? And I was trying to rack my brain going, "All right, what was the last time that I went like, all right, here's a raunchy comedy that you know, was really quite exceptional. And I really kind of had to go back to, like, American Pie? Was there another one? Like, there are teen comedies in between then and now that might be. But, like, the like the raunchy sex comedy as a genre. I mean, yeah, the sex comedies are kind of on the way out. The last one I saw that was really any good was... Um... Blockers? Blockers was okay. Oh, yeah, I meant to get... To, that was a John Cena movie, right? Yeah, he was in that. He was funny. It wasn't, like, you know, hilarious. It wasn't the best thing I've ever seen, but it was the last one in the theaters I went to, 
because I was like, I want to see John Cena be funny. And I haven't gone ever since. I mean, that might have been the last one they really did. Yeah, like I'm yeah. just scrolling through something called listchallenges.com, listing all of like the top, I don't know, what's this, 100? Oh, yeah, 101 best R-rated uh, comedies, you know, sex comedies. Uh, American Pie is number one, you know, which yeah. is like, good, that makes sense. Uh, the Girl Next Door, which I never saw, Starring Eliza somebody or... Oh, yeah, that one was okay. From, like, 24? Yeah, and that was PG-13. That one doesn't really even really have a lot of sex in it. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, the whole joke was that she was a porn star, right? That was, like, the like, like the angle on it. Right, but you don't actually see her do anything. Yeah. But, like, most of the other, of the, of the other ones here have some kind of nudity. I mean, like, Wedding Crashers is here, and I don't think there's nudity in that. Like, sex is the theme. They're trying to, to you know, I think Heather work Graham their way into t- these parties to get laid. Heather Graham loses her top at some point. Like, sure. Well, she did that in everything. Oh, wait, Wedding Crashers? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's nudity in that. Oh, there is. Okay. I was thinking I- of um, one where they're in Vegas, The Hangover. Sorry. Oh, The Hangover, yeah. And then there's like there's a few things here that like definitely fall like into the category. But like I'm looking at dates and like the the Good Boys is 2019, which was directed by the same guy who who directed this movie. But there's not and a you, whole lot after like 2005. I mean, I, well, I wouldn't call that a sex comedy. Those kids are little, right? So it's like not again like you, like if you want to define what sex comedy is. Does the film, I think rated R is a given, and does it have nudity in it? I think, it's, I mean, in my head, that's a necessity. Like, I think you kind of have to have a naked person, man or woman, like Jason Siegel naked in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, that works for me as far as nudity goes. Like, that was, that was part of it, even though that wasn't like a sex scene, you know, it's 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 sort of there, so... I think you kind of have to have it. What, what what do you think? I mean, yeah. Sex comedies are about usually when the people are trying to get a lead. And like this, the sex is a focal point. Like American Pie, the sex is obviously everything. And this one, dealing with sex is part of it. I don't know if I'd classify, like forgetting Sarah Marshall, it has nudity. You know, yeah. there's full frontal Jason Siegel. But like... It's more about a relationship. Like that's just a romantic comedy. Yeah. It, it just happens to be it it happens to be rated R. You know, so like there's that fine line where it's still kind of raunchy. Like you still see boobs for a half a second, but it's it's more about feelings than just sex. Yeah. And like which I think are better. I mean, raunchy sex comedy is like a horror movie. Like you're only going in for one thing here and it's supposed to be funny, but um I don't expect anybody to catch feelings and, and fall in love at the end of those romantic, you know, like an American pie, you know, <laughs> they're not getting married or anything. Right. And like, I think what makes a, you know, a good raunchy sex comedy is that when it sort of accidentally transcends or not accidentally, but like sneaks up on the audience as like, you know, not really a, you know, like they when when you do catch feelings in in the whole thing, that's a good term for it. Like mm-hmm. some of them 
are funny and thin, like Euro Trip or Road Trip. They're, like they're funny and thin movies that are uh, that just they they contain sex, they contain nudity. They're rated R. They're fine, you know. But American Pie, like just just like. I wouldn't say that Forgetting Sarah Marshall is a sex comedy because that's not the theme of the story. It's about a breakup and somebody managing his emotions after that. Um, it just contains scenes where he's, you know, ill-advisedly having random sex with people in an effort to make himself feel better, and it doesn't work. Yeah. And, you know, he's trying to hit on Mila Kunis, and that doesn't, you know, that, that sort of awkwardly pays up. Uh, it pays off but at the end and um but american pie has all the trappings of a sex comedy but is in reality about you know growing up and looking at sex in a much more mature way for the most part you know like it's doesn't it's it sort of breaks a lot of rules in that it sets out to be one thing ends up being something else it has four protagonists that all have very different journeys. They all learn a different thing. And like there's no sort of one lesson for the entire group other than like, you know, their friendship is more important than anything else. And they should worry less about getting laid and more about, you know, the importance of all their relationships, not just, you know, with the you know, with the girls that they're gonna be with for a, a short period of time. But they all they all come into that very differently, you know. Like one of them, you know, makes it with the guy's mom. The other one gets basically, you know, not you know, f- you know, Jim isn't forced upon, but like you know, they have a very sort of one sided relationship. Him and and the and the band geek right. versus the other two that have like you know, like one guy breaks up with the girlfriend. The the other one has that very intimate moment, and then you don't know if they had sex or not. Mm-hmm. Like that's. Very, that's unusual, and you know, in this genre, if you can even call it that. So, mm-hmm. um, but I was surprised that you did get a completely naked Jennifer Lawrence in this movie. I don't know why I was surprised, but I guess I don't know. Well, I think when you've had all your nude photos leaked over the internet to everybody in the world at that point, what is to hide anymore? Yes, I and I'd forgotten about that because I mean I'm only guessing. I don't yeah, know a while ago. I think I think you're right. I think she she was part of that massive. Oh, um, she was the biggest one. Was she? Oh yeah. It was, it was it was that was quite some time ago now. So I kind of gone out of uh, my head. But I mean, yeah, there's part of it where it's just like, okay, you've all seen the goods, so I guess. But it's an interesting way of if that's actually why she did it. But yeah, I don't know. And I mean, it wasn't like a, it wasn't a sex scene. No, <laughs> people are people are stealing her clothes on the beach when she's skinny dipping, and she goes and beats them up. Yeah, yeah, that which I thought. I mean, as nudity scenes go, that was the best of them. I did think it was funny that later on, when they do attempt to have sex, that she leaves her bra on for that scene. Yeah, I know that's. That's such a TV movie thing to do. Yeah, it was. You know, you know, like that just doesn't happen in real life. No, no, that's that's dumb. Mm-hmm. Um. But anyway, so what what did you think of uh, No Hard Feelings? Um, I feel like once <laughs> you ever see that Simpsons where Kent Brockman 
looks at the camera for the newscast and he goes, so once again, I've been had, but there is at least another story here that I can pay attention to. And he starts talking about some other news story going on because once again, all of these reviews have misled me and this movie really sucks. Yeah. Because everyone was like, it's pretty good except for a couple of things here. And I started watching it and I was like, this isn't good at all. This is actually bad. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not sure what people were talking about. Are they so starved for non-Marvel movies that they'll watch anything? I, I don't know. It's very frustrating though. Yeah. I, I actually think that that's, that's a lot to do with it. I think people really... I mean, go no. read a book. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I don't know what to tell you people. You know? Well, I could I could bemoan the loss of the mid budget film like anybody else. I mean, like that I read books occasionally. A lot of them have like Disney characters in them these days, but they they're they're still books. But yeah, no, people really do need to read more books. But that being said. There is a sense of like, hey, it wasn't that bad, or it wasn't like one of these B movies that Bruce Willis have been making, you know, for the last two years, and like it can, you know, it contained good lighting and popular actors, and the guy from uh, the Bear who was in it for a hot minute, like, mm. you know. So yeah, no, it's not good. I uh <laughs> to add insult to injury, at the core they were showing like at the, at the end like the core issue is that this woman um played by Jennifer Lawrence is a a a Montauk local. And I've actually spent some time around Montauk locals and that I have my 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 wife's best friend is a doctor in the Hamptons. And she's been living there on and off for like the last maybe ten years or so, and um, there is like in any sort of vacation community where you know where tourism is your main source of economic um, activity, a big divide between people who live there year round and those who are there only for the, for the summer months. Um, but like, so the whole thing is that she's makes money as an Uber driver and a bartender, loses her car, can't make her tax payments on her house, and they're going to repossess her house if she doesn't um, pay up what she owes. And at the very end of the movie, spoiler alert, she's successful somehow. And for a second, you could see it's a it's a house in Montauk on an acre of land, and the only thing she had to make... Like the and the the money she had to make totaled like twenty thousand dollars, and then she got to keep her house. And I'm like, I don't think people making movies really understand that like even a modest home in this community is still going to run you like eight hundred thousand dollars just for the, the location alone. And so the know, taxes, but she, but she she only had to pay the taxes, not the house. So. My taxes where I live, including the school taxes plus the town taxes, is about $15,000 per year. There is no way that a woman, anywhere, that, that a person who owns more land than I do in a place like this 
would have to pay only five thousand more dollars on taxes. It's just not possible. Well, yeah, it's probably so. Like, yeah, when I saw that, I'm like, this doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, like, the schools there aren't great because people who live there, like, like the, you know. When I say that I have a friend that's who's a doctor in the Hamptons, I go, "Oh, that's kind of fancy." I go, "No, it's not, because she's the pediatrician for all the people who work for Steven Spielberg and who work for Jerry Seinfeld." They don't like. Ironically, one of her clients was Matthew Broderick. <laughs> it, hmm. you know, they would bring their children into her office, so like she does see some celebrities, but for the most part, she's dealing with all the migrant people who come in. And work odd jobs here and there, and like it's not a glamorous type of existence. Um. So yeah, so like this, just the fact that they were so wildly off with the finances, mate, was like that was like adding insult to injury because the movie was really quite stupid. I mean, could she, could she make that much as an Uber driver for two months, two three months? It wasn't like the whole year; it was only for the summer. Right, and that was the thing at the beginning. And she loses her car because why did she lose her car? Because she couldn't pay for it. <laughs> she was spending all of her money on the taxes on the house. Oh, all right. I guess they, re- they repossessed the car. So they, re- they repossessed the car. So she needs the car first to keep making money, even though she was a bartender and was making money doing that in the summertime. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it's it's a summer town. So like that, those are the only time periods for her to make any money is from June to September. Yeah, and she's also, I mean, to be fair, she's a really shitty bartender. Well, yeah. Yeah. She's a bitch. Because she's a bitch. (laughs) Right. So, like, the problem isn't that she, her her main problem is that she's an awful person. Uh, Yeah. It's it's not that she doesn't have a car. The car isn't the thing. The the issue is that she's just terrible and bad at everything. But, no, I, I mean, I've never driven for Uber. I don't know. It seems unlikely that you'd make enough money in the course of one summer to float you for the year. Like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't seem likely to me. No. That's all. But I, I think we're worrying about the minutiae here. <laughs> I know. Like rearranging the deck chairs on, on the Titanic at this point, because this <laughs> movie gonna, is really dumb. If you're going to get me on a plot that's stupid, and the movie sucks. Then I gotta have something I can be like, well, you know, she had to, but like, <laughs> there isn't any of that either. Yeah. Right. So the plot concerns this girl. Her car's repossessed. She needs to make money on the house because the house was gifted to her from her mother, but she can't pay the taxes. And she finds the ad on Craigslist that says, "Please date our awkward teenage son before he goes to Princeton, and we'll give you a car. Like the car is the prize." And when she meets Matthew Broderick and the other one with the parents of the kid, they want her to just have sex with him. And then they're like, once you do, we'll give you the car. And the kid is obviously this awkward, geeky loner. And she has to spend time trying to get him into bed. And they slowly become friends. And according to IMDb, which, you know, we all know how accurate that is. The guy saw this as an actual ad on Craigslist that was like, please date our son. But just because people put crazy things on Craigslist <laughs> doesn't make it a good movie. It's the most banal thing ever put on Craigslist. I, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he didn't answer the ad, so he probably didn't know. But 
like what was really involved. But I doubt it was to just bang him. I mean, and then like a car was the prize. How convenient. Yeah, that 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 was the funny bit to me was that it was, you know, the exact thing she wanted. It was it was you know it's very James Bond gadget version of rom com. Is you know always has you know you know you know what he needs exactly. Um, yeah, and I actually don't know that the premise of the movie is all that bad. Like character needs the thing in order to do the thing she has to participate in something that normally she would be you know pretty much okay with which is you know um sex with someone she doesn't know without (laughs) prostituting herself (laughs) essentially yeah i mean she's kind of like well i you know and they they do say like they're 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 mildly cagey about like they want you to we like we, we want you to date our son because he needs to have developed social skills, but also, you know, he needs to, you know, experience the touch of a of a woman or something like that. But like, so they're 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 kind of trying to have their cake and eat it too. Um, but if she's a promiscuous person by nature, she's kind of like, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. And then it's it's not great, but it's at least understandable how that works. The problem I had with it was that it the whole thing moves along very easily. Like, there are no real obstacles to their getting to know each other. Like, he's, they, they, they set, they, they set the kid up to be such a loner and such, and so, so socially awkward that, um, you know, he's hard to, he, like, he never leaves his room. He only goes to, like, the animal shelter on his bike. But she gets him to do a lot of things that, he's very compliant about like, yeah, there's the funny bit with the mace where he thinks that, you know, she's kidnapping him. You know, there's the jokes about how he needs an adult and she says, you are an adult. And so there's some commentary about the, you know, the juvenile nature of, of, you know, of Gen Z or, you know, whatever they're called. But for the most part, he's very compliant. He goes along with what she tells him to do. And there's little moments here and there where like, he breaks out into hives. And does, he doesn't know how to handle certain situations. But the fact that she gets him to go along at all and do these things, I always thought was kind of convenient. Like, you know, she comes to the animal shelter and just says, all right, come with me right now. We're, we're going to go to my house and have sex. He's like, oh, okay, and just goes along. And, like, it's not that obvious, but it's this. the plot is designed to be convenient and everything that happens in and afterward follows that plot just because it's convenient so there's no real character development or even setup at that point that that's consistent no there's no there's no characters um everybody is written to make the next scene happen so we need him in the car with her and so he maces her in the face how do we get that joke to happen well he gets in the car with her why would he get in the car with her because he does you're like okay, and then she he after macing her in the face, and she like tells him what she was trying to do, and he goes, "Oh, I didn't realize you were just trying to have sex with me." He agrees to go out with her on a date the next night, and he meets her at the bar. And it's like, how do we get him in the bar with her? And he like makes a joke about Long Island iced teas being really terrible, and he makes a joke about the Hollow Notes song. He thought it was a monster. It's called the Man Eater song. 
You know, like we just need the jokes to happen regardless of who's saying them or how they get there. So one minute the kid is like this annoying, geeky loser and he doesn't look nearly attractive enough for a person who looks like Jennifer Lawrence. And the next minute he's like an infant, like Selma <laughs> Blair in Cruel Intentions. Like he's <laughs> basically brain dead, you know, like when he's like, like he doesn't, he like, he's never left his house ever. And I'm saying like, why did this guy suddenly become a moron? Like he has like an IQ of a five-year-old. What happened here? And the next minute he's fine again. And the next minute he's chasing after the Frisbee like he's a dog. I'm like, oh my God, like this is horrible. What is going on? They just needed to get to the next scene, regardless of what happens to the people in that scene. Yeah. So it was very frustrating. And I found the whole idea that she would sleep with him for the car to be a little insulting. Because. <laughs> right. Okay, all right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> they do have that scene. Where her and her friend are sitting there and they're like, yeah, oh, you just sleep with the kid and you'll get your car. And the husband of her friend is like, are you are you actually telling me you're going to have sex with this young kid? And they look at him like, oh, well, I've had sex with men for other things. I once needed to stay on the couch. And one time I needed a ride home or whatever. And, I'm, and the guy doesn't say it, but I'm sitting there going, those are one night stands. Those are hooking up with dudes at a bar after the second or third date. That is not prostituting yourself to get a prize. Yeah. That's very different. Like if you're hooking up with a guy and it's late at night and you don't want to go home and you sleep with him. All right. You're banging for proof, whatever. You're not selling your body for something. I, I don't know anyone who would do such a thing. Maybe that's me and I'm sheltered. But like <laughs> there's a there's a difference. There's a line here. So when she shrugs, like, well, whatever, it's no big deal. I'm like, I don't know, really? He's so much younger than you, too. That never comes up. Yeah, they, they make it very clear to state that he's 19. He's 19. But Even she's in he's, her 30s. Yeah. Like, a lot of the jokes revolved around the fact that, like, Jennifer Lawrence isn't 25 anymore. And also hasn't made a good movie in... A long time? Well... Pretty long time. I mean, it was stupid because they kept saying, like, how old she is. Like, she's, like, like calling her ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, this woman is much more attractive than anyone else in this film. So to sit there and be like, she's like an, you know, like an old maid, it didn't really fly. Because yeah, she goes it, to that house party and they're like, who let the old lady in here? I'm like, old lady? <laughs> Yeah, that talking that, about that whole thing was so contrived. I was looking at like seriously, like she's better looking than you, kid. <laughs> also, it's just I mean, like right, like wouldn't the fact that she's very hot have transcended the fact that she, you know, isn't doesn't look like she's in high 17? school? Like yeah, like yeah. you wouldn't care. Yeah, it was just a, it was a very odd. Yeah, so a lot of those jokes. They just didn't land because one like one minute he's an idiot, the next minute he's this injured teenager. One one minute she's a complete nutter bitch. The next she's like, But I have problems. That's why I act out. I'm like, ah oh, man, like not exactly sure what I'm supposed to be feeling here. Except annoyed. Yeah, it was mostly just annoying. And like it really wasn't funny too. There was like it started out okay. Maybe there was a couple of jokes in the beginning where I was like, huh. Oh, yeah. 
That was like good. It lapped a few times in the beginning, and then it started to die away. And yeah. then I was like, oh, I haven't laughed in like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I was just kind of getting through it at that point. My wife pointed out that the um, the kid playing the kid, she's like, he looks like that guy from Ratatouille. I'm like, the rat? That's she what looks- I said. <laughs> He looks just like that guy. And so I looked him up on the IMDb, and he there is something called Ratatouille, the TikTok musical, uh, where like this was a thing that like Wayne Brady, Titus Burgess, um, who else was in this? Adam Lambert, like a bunch of like Broadway people during COVID did this thing where they basically performed Ratatouille in like portrait mode on your phone and he played Linguini in that. Because he's 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 like one of these Broadway kids. Like he's been in like like I don't know, high school musical nine or uh, there was there was like a bunch of other crap he'd done. But um yeah like that's why they they had him sing. So yeah, mm. high school high school musical the series. Uh, I wonder why he's he saying. Yeah, and Broadway stuff that, that were like all like all like all direct video. So yeah, he's just a Jewish kid from where is he from? Yeah, from Long Island who been you know been performing on stage in some kind of like semi pro capacity for a while, and then got himself in like low budget Disney TV shows and things like that. And but yeah, he looked just like Linguini, which is funny that like, oh, well cuz he played the character on this stupid TikTok thing we all did during lockdown. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, that was alert. So so it like, didn't really work. No, it didn't. It didn't work and there were like awkward scenes that go on forever. Like jokes that don't make any sense. Like they're making fun of the mobile that, like the the couple with the baby. I think they're all like surfer dudes out in, you know, Montauk. Oh is, yeah, that's right. And like they're making fun of like the mobile she makes them, which is actually really. Dumb. It's like, oh, that's a nice handmade baby thing. Why are you gonna make fun of your friend? <laughs> like, just seems like an odd thing to do. Yeah, I'm not sure what the. I mean, I get that like. They were kind of making fun of like the gift was kind of ugly, but it wasn't that ugly. <laughs> no, it, like you said, like we we want to make a joke about this regardless of the circumstances, and that's like, I don't know, that was just dumb. It's like, yeah, it's it's hard to force jokes like that. Yeah, like it would have to be really ugly, and nothing about her as she's put together indicates that she would create an ugly thing so they had her make a nice thing and they just called it ugly I'm like this is this is not how this works guys this is stupid so but yeah no this was this was not a good movie um is there something to be said for like Jennifer Lawrence like is there a reason she that they're making jokes about her age is it I mean she's I don't know if she's hit a rut in her career but I'm looking over like her IMDb stuff. It's like, all right, well, she made the last Hunger Games movie eight years ago, mm-hmm. and ever since then, she's the like the highest rated movie of hers on IMDb is Don't Look Up, which I think it's safe to say had an inflated 
response to it because of you know the fact that it was a ridiculous cast and a you know an issue that gets a lot of people galvanized as an allegory it was like an it was like a, an 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 allegory for global warming yeah um I don't think her career's hit a rut, and she just hasn't been in anything that's been like a standout. No, there were already a lot of really famous people in that movie. Um, taking, I'm sure, taking attention away from her, you know, uh, Meryl Streep and Caprio and all that stuff. Yeah, no. um, she she's a good actress. Yeah, it's not I like think so. it's not like there's. Yeah, she's pretty good. I don't think she's she's not the best. No. She's certainly better than most. Yeah, I don't think she's all that bad. I don't know. She kind of like I. I look at her in movies where she's like trying really hard to act a lot, like American Hustle. And oh well, that is that the same guy who did Silver Linings Playbook? Yeah, and that. Okay. Movie, well, the problem yeah. is those movies are terrible, <laughs> and no one can convince me otherwise. I mean, I don't so. think they're terrible. I don't think they're very good. I think that they. St- that all of David O. Russell movies tend to suffer from the same problem, which is that they're written in a way to give you no single character to root for. You know, there's they're they're about dysfunctional people who, you know, live dysfunctionally, and you know, the fighter I think is the only one that has any kind of redeeming qualities, which is why I like it, because um Amy Adams is really great in it, and Christian Bale is is really great in it, and it's a sports movie, so it kind of has to end on that like victory moment, which gives you something to leave the theater going, "Huh, that was fun," and he won the fight, and yay, and I feel good about that. His his, his other films don't have that kind of a, you know, they're not they're not that kind of movie, so the characters in it sort of fumble around until the movie stops. And you maybe learn something from it, maybe don't. I don't know. But, you know, there are people acting in those movies really well. Like Bradley Cooper does an amazing job in 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 Silver Linings Playbook. And, you know, Mark Wahlberg is great in The Fighter. Like, there's good performances in those movies, even if the movie itself doesn't have a strong enough point of view or message that... Like that, that that they resonate with with you. Um. So like you know, like Anthony Hopkins hasn't been bad in in the movie, and 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 he's been in many bad movies. Like this is just what happens. But I don't, I wouldn't call her really good in any of those films. She kind of stands out as like a person trying to do a lot of acting, versus Margot Robbie, who is you know as as a comparison, is also very attractive, but is an amazing actress who doesn't look like she's acting. Yeah, like, see, I wouldn't I, say that. I always feel like she's reading the stage directions in her head as she's doing things. Just, I would say the same careful. thing about Margot Robbie. You think so? Oh, yeah. She's she's a good actress. I don't think she's that good an actress. I don't know. I, Tanya, I thought was pretty great. I mean, she kind of gets through on presence. You know, it's like she walks on the screen and then boom, there's Margot Robbie, like DiCaprio, like here's DiCaprio now. And you're just like, oh, 
Caprio's pretending to be somebody. <laughs> I wish yeah. they could just act. Sometimes. I mean, I do think that, that he has moments where his intensity kind of helps him. I think Inception wasn't an example of that. Like, he's he's both charming and intense. Right. And, and so, I, I don't know that... I don't know. So, like, may, maybe it's a good example of, like, you know... And th- which is why I'm not a huge DiCaprio fan. Like, I wasn't... People, people are like, oh, he, he needs to win an Oscar for The Revenant. I go, does he? Hmm. Does he really? I think I mean, I'm sure he. I didn't see it. I'm sure he was good in it. Yeah, he was okay. <laughs> but yeah, yeah like the, I, the bear was doing excellent work in that <laughs> film. <laughs> so I don't know. So yeah, I, I just never. I've never thought much of her. I also didn't. I never liked the Hunger Games as a story, and no, that's her big thing. Just, yeah, you can't yeah, count those. They're they're fluff pieces, but they were so it was so popular, and I never understood how that got off the ground as a book. I mean, the books were the books were so much better. They were they were okay, but like the, the premise were not of that seems so bizarre to me. Well, that's not I don't know what to tell you there. <laughs> yeah, I mean. So the the premise is weak. The movie is not is, is not that great. Woody Harrelson was so bizarre in that movie. You Stanley know. Tucci. Stanley Tucci was on a, on a different yeah. planet than the rest of us. Yeah. Um, he's just having fun well, up there, you know. That's like she was in all those X Men movies too. And yeah. Then she, really, that, then she really blew up, and she was like, "I need to get out of this." Yeah. <laughs> killed that, her off in one of them. It was very clear. She's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to have a real career. Kind of. Yeah, thing. I mean, they were paint or blue and the yellow contacts. It was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, I'm famous now. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an example of someone being in a franchise that wasn't Marvel and like not wanting to be a part of it at all. And you know, yeah. for like for like for the rest of them, like you know, Scarlett Johansson like wasn't trying to get out of her contract with Disney, but you know, it's just. She could make both, you know, she could make Marriage Story and she could make um, Black Widow at the same time. But for some reason, Jennifer Lawrence didn't want to do that. I guess because the films are bad. Well, the films weren't very good. She probably wasn't getting paid all that much. That's a lot of makeup. Scarlett Johansson didn't have to wear that kind of stuff. That's true. Yeah. But. um... Um, I thought it was. I thought her whole story in this one wasn't very good either. Like the kid was all over the place because they just needed to get him as the punchline of a joke. But her whole thing of like, I'm a proud townie and I like slumming it with men because I'm sad that I can't, you know, I don't have my dad around and such like that. And then she ends up selling her house to her friends so she could move. And her friends are first. are like, we're leaving because we can't stay in this town. Like, we're depressed that you're staying here all winter by yourself. And then they just switch places. <laughs> and it's like, now the friends are going to stay in her house. And she's going to move to California. And I was like, wait a minute. I thought they all wanted to get out of this town. So, like, none of that really stuck the landing either. Yeah, there, there was no need to. I mean, I, there wasn't really a need for her to sell the house to those people. Like, that didn't make any sense to me. Like, she didn't want the house to get knocked down. 
I guess was her whole thing. Like she knew that if she sold it to anybody else, they would knock down the yeah, house but, and develop the but land. But they would knock it they would knock it down for a bigger house. Right. Her big thing was that the people moving into Montauk were rich and pushing people who were like, like her and they were pushing them out. So it was like this class warfare type of thing. Whereas, you know, if you've ever seen Jaws, the people in that town, they said, like a couple of them said it to her, like, we depend on these people to live. They bring their money here. We act nice to them and they bring all their tourism dollars. And she's like, well, they're pushing myself. I'm like, but they're also right. I mean, you need them for your Uber drive, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Like, there, it's it's a real double-edged sword because I think, like, Jaws is a good comparison because, you know, 50 years ago, communities like that, yeah, they did rely on on tourism. But, but the Hamptons are sort of a different beast. Like... Throughout much of New England, with a few exceptions, I'm sure, a lot of the and the the New Jersey is the best example of this. Like the beach towns in New Jersey cater to tourists who are like shoebies from coming in at it from like from from the city, who are you know here for a week or whatever. They're generally middle income people coming to spend a week or so on the beach. They eat in in restaurants and shop and all the, you know, stupid little stores and things like that. Um, and they bring in, they bring their, their money with them. The people in the Hamptons, they're by virtue of the fact that they're, they're building these giant compounds. There are just fewer of them. So it isn't like there's an influx of people to the Hamptons every year in the same way that, that, that there is to the Jersey shore. Like, there's a small number of people that come and spend a lot of money, and yeah, they put up farmer's markets, and yeah, there's shops in town, and, and like, there's definitely more economic activity in this area in the summer as compared to the winter. Fine. But, you know, with that comes a lot of the trappings of dealing with people who are very wealthy, and not very many of them. So, yeah, like, the people in in the movie who are saying don't piss off the customers they're how we stay open they're right about that and the people who are who are the who are the townies who are fed up with pe- people coming in you know buying 17 houses knocking them all down and building one mega mansion they're right too they're pushing people further and further away so they're providing money but not as many not as much money as people who would come in and like you know, come in in droves, get more, you know, families coming in, staying in hotels, that kind of a thing. It's it's a different, you know, it's a similar but not the same kind of economic situation. And they also bring up, and I, and I, I can't comment on how true this is, that every rich person's a jerk. But in this movie, that's the kind of gist of it, is that everyone who's rich is either, you know, an absolute asshole or, as the case of this kid's parents, incredibly maladaptive yeah it doesn't it doesn't help when it's hard to have sympathy when they say like oh i'm being pushed out and they're developing and changing the way that this town is but you stink no one likes you so it's not a big deal if you get pushed out because, <laughs> because you're horrible and right like, yeah, yes, they're, the rich, like, 
there there is no sense of like if there was somebody like if her friends didn't have a place to go like if they didn't want to leave and they had to because they couldn't afford it kind of a thing that would have made sense for the movie to end on like I'm going to sell my house but I'm selling it to you and I'll get less money for it but it'll be it'll be fair for me and then I can take that money and leave and do whatever but they made the decision to go before she did and it was sort of a hard sell to say, oh, we're saving you the trouble of having to move. Like, I guess you are, but they were they, they were resigned to go. It wasn't a big deal. They didn't look at, back at it kind of wistfully. They were like, yeah, we're going. We, you know, it's, just, it's fine. You know, not a big deal. But to her, it was a big deal. So she kind of made them stay. Well, it, it's not clear whether being in that town is any good or not. Yeah, it's. It seems to be good for them, but not good for her because she's stuck in a rut there. Yeah. She sleeps with the same guys. She ditches them. She, you know, she's sort of like an arrested development. So it's like being there in that town is not good for her, but it's also fine for her friends because they have real jobs. <laughs> so, like the Indian lawyer. Yeah, he's Fargo. a lawyer. She's a she's a uh, a teacher. He's some sort of surfer person, you know, like, like they're making at least a life there and they're, and their thing is like, we have to go because we can't afford it. So you're like, oh man, I feel bad. But if you're just there because the place is keeping you in a perpetual state of adolescence, then you should leave and you should not stay. But the movie doesn't make up its mind on that. Yeah. So, and it had lots of weird side characters. Like her, the, her friend, the real estate agent that married his high school teacher that slept with him. Yeah, <laughs> to jail. Like, why do we need this character Where did that come here? From that, yeah, that made he. He's a he's like a pseudo famous comedian. I can't think of his name. Hassan uh, something also, or other. I also really enjoyed the nanny who was actually a dude. Yeah, and then he shows up at the end, and he's like, "I'm gonna screw you. I got my friends in the in the you know state senate to raise your taxes." And she's like, well, ha ha, I sold my house. And I'm sitting there and <laughs> looked at my wife. I'm like, well, now she just screwed over her friends. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> like, now they got to have to pay really high taxes. It's like, what's the point of this character? He got his come up in somehow. I was like, yeah, yeah, it was very strange. It was dumb. I mean, you need side characters, but like, make them funny and not weird. Weird is not funny. Right. It's you know? just weird. I mean, the only one that kind of worked was the the guy who picks up the car. The uh, the 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 tow truck driver. Yeah, but he's not funny. No, but as a side character who'd had like a funny scene, you know, he, you know, what's his name? Uh, Even Moss Barak, who's from the Bear, right? Um, Was great in the Bear. I mean, he's he's, 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 he was so much better than this movie. I'm like, guy had like 15 lines of dialogue, and it was already like, ah, that guy was great. Could you get more of him? No, no offense to that guy, but there's no way Jennifer Lawrence would sleep with a guy like that who looked like that. I know, he's so frumpy looking. I mean, she wouldn't she wouldn't sleep with me either. But I was like, oh, really, that guy? Like, come on, really? Yeah. So. Yeah, no, this was yeah. not good, and I I do bemoan the the loss of like the mid budget comedy. Like they don't make them anymore, and I 
Yeah, but then when you see this, I'm like, man, am I glad I didn't pay for a babysitter, waste a Friday night, and another 15 bucks with popcorn on top of that, and watch this movie. Because I would have been pissed. And I think that's, I mean, I think there are two main reasons you don't see movies like this anymore. One is the expense. The process of going out is a lot, you know, it's more complicated than, than it used to be. And like, even setting aside the, you know, the the expense of the ticket, like, this is a, I don't know, a, a hundred long minute movie. It's like 141 minutes. It's not long at all. Yeah, but, it was an hour and 42 minutes or something. But on top of that, there's a half an hour of sitting in that theater. You know, even oh, with it's it's a whole thing. It's a production. Yeah. So like any movie right now, that's why like well, if I'm gonna go to the movie, I'm I'm gonna go and save up, and I'm I'm not gonna go waste time seeing this. I'm not gonna go see other small things. I'm gonna go wait for Dune or James Bond or something where I go. I'm gonna make an evening out of it. I'm gonna get one shot at this. And put, you put all your eggs in one basket, and that's which is the exact same thinking of the movie studios. It's like we're not going to make fifteen, seventeen movies. We're going to make four, and we're going to spend the same amount of money on four of them that we that we that we would have spent on on two dozen. Right. And so their thinking becomes our thinking, which is depressing. And yeah, no, it's it's not great. And also, people are very, they don't, the, the kind of things that are funny aren't funny anymore. Like this, like would 40-year-old virgin get made now? And we, like we we joke all the time like, oh, all these old, you know, you know, Porky's and Porky's too. That would, that, that would never get made anymore. And like there's a, a lot of movies that you just, like there's not a market for them because the, the young people who would go to see them don't find any joy in that kind of humor. Fine. You know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah. Yeah, and there, there was actually a scene in this when she's at that house party and they start filming her. Yeah. And they try to get her to, like, say bad things. And at first she just goes, like, I don't care that you're filming me. And she, like, flips them off. And then later, you know, two minutes later, she, like, ducks out of the way and runs from them because she doesn't want to be on camera. And I was like, I find this entire scene, like, morally and socially objectionable <laughs> that yeah. they felt the need to film her and that she was scared enough to be worried about it because you shouldn't have your whole life filmed like that and you shouldn't have everything held up and to to have everyone you know throw tomatoes at you kind of thing i was like oh this is really awkward i don't like this i'd rather see a guy like in borky's try to spy on girls in the bathroom for god's sakes yeah that's at least something I can understand. Maybe I'm old. Yeah, I think so. I think that that's that that's such a common thing right now. That there's so much that goes on with kids. Where you know, years ago, you'd you'd hear something or see something, or then a rumor would get started. Where like you know, and it would be embarrassing but confusing. You were never quite sure who was actually you know who's who said or did what. Now there's evidence of everything so like yeah, seeing that like is they just, actually say like they hold the cameras up and they go okay say that again and she's like wait no i'm not gonna do that i was like oh my god say that again like they're trying to get her in trouble on purpose yeah and that's that's a part of the culture now that i'm you know i'm really starting to see that i'm not i'm not connected with that and 
I work in a middle school, so I really should probably be more aware of it. And I have I have kids who are growing up very quickly. Yeah, but well, that, it, it's that's a, them. You know, you're purposely trying to hurt someone. You're trying you're trying to injure them in some way. Yeah. You know, and deeply and for a long time, in well, a way that's... that was unthinkable thirty years ago. I mean, you couldn't possibly have said something like that to somebody years ago. Like, it, it, you, you, you know, we all knew people who were who who had a thing happen to them, who were embarrassed by it, and they needed to move, like they needed to relocate. It was like that bad. That kind of thing now happens all the time, and it lives on forever on the internet. Uh, yeah, well, that, I mean, I'm a teacher, and I we we tell them, administrators tell them, we bring cops in to tell them, this is forever. It will last until the sun burns out, and the kids just don't care or don't choose to listen. And so they, they put everything they, and that they've ever done up on the internet. And I'm like, wow, this is just so odd. I mean, this is a whole other conversation, but like yeah. seeing it in the movie, it was like, is this supposed to be the joke? Like, I wasn't sure what the point of that. If it was setting up as a joke, it's not funny. And if it's trying to set it up as like it's a problem for her, it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Because she ignores it and it doesn't have any consequence to the plot. So I was like, what's the point of this in here? It was a lot of filler. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was a little bit funny that the parents were at that house. Yeah. And they were <laughs> like, of course, we're. do you think we would let our kids drink irresponsibly? <laughs> And it's like, wait a minute, what? Yeah, that that was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, but the other stuff, I was like, oh, that's that's not funny. Yeah, this is awkward and weird. So yeah, this is not a good one. I would not uh, recommend. Yeah, maybe skip this one. Yeah, go watch. Um, you know what they should watch? go watch? Game Night. That's a funny movie. Rated R. Game Night. Yeah, it's not what a sex it? comedy. But- uh, Rachel McAdams is in that. Um, Jason Bateman. Oh, okay, yeah, I think I remember. Yeah, that that's a funny movie. All right, good homework. Okay. Yes, go do yes. that. All right. Well, if you have any thoughts on no hard feelings, if you have hard feelings about our take on no hard feelings, you can let us know on Twitter or X or Instagram. We are at Three Drinks in Pod on both of those. You can let us know on Facebook. You can email us at Three Drinks in Podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, you can buy our t shirts and merchandise at tpublic.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave ratings and reviews. Anything else? Uh, no, that's it. Uh, all right. As always, please drink responsibly, and we'll talk to you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.